So let me ask you a question. How many of you already have your tree up? Raise your hand. Mm. Wow. That's that. I would say that's, that's more than 50%. Um, how many of you, the idea of putting your tree up before Thanksgiving is something that you just absolutely detest? Please raise your hand. Okay, there's, there were wives that raised their hand on the first one, and there's guys that raised their hand on the second one. <laughs> I did not see that coming at all. Um, there are some reasons that I do feel that are legitimate, okay? And uh, so as we, as we think about those, those reasons, let me just share a couple of, of thoughts with you. Because, I mean, let's fa- I mean Menards has had their Christmas ups. Uh, stuff up since before Halloween. Okay, so so stuff is up all over the place. But but number one, when you put your tree up early, it uh, it gives you a place to actually put the presents. Okay, because if your house is like mine, um, there's there's boxes. Okay, everywhere, and I'm I'm looking at these boxes and I'm like, these boxes are are in the way, honey. Let's you know. But yet, I'm dragging my feet about the Christmas tree, so I guess I asked for it. But it gives us a place to store the presents. Um, some people just say, you know, it just makes me feel happy. It just makes me feel good. And so that's why they want to do that. Somebody else uh, would say it stretches out the Christmas season. And so, uh, you know, the thing that I, that I love about the UP um, and this is unlike anywhere else I've ever lived in my life. Um, we have to put up, like our outside you know, Christmas lights, we have to put them up early because it, it gets too cold or it could snow. Um, and then sometimes it snows so much by Christmas, we can't take them down until the middle of March or later. So uh, we, do, we are all about stretching out the Christmas season uh, here in the UP. Um, but sometimes people are just, they, they want to do it. And I wonder, are they, are they afraid of missing Christmas? When we think about that idea of missing Christmas, there's, there's, there's people, there's groups, there's organizations, there's communities that, that have missed Christmas in essence. And uh, I'd like to talk about one of those today. In fact, over the next few weeks, we're going we're gonna to dive in on this idea of missed in our sermon series. And so the first person that I want to share with you um, that missed Christmas is a person that we hear his name every time, uh, every year, this time of year, uh, but maybe we don't really think about it a lot, but it's a man whose name was Herod. Uh, the Bible calls him King Herod. We read about him in Matthew chapter 2. So I'm going to read some verses. So if you'll follow along, whether in your Bible or on the screen, uh, it says in Matthew chapter 2, starting at verse 1, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. 
But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. We don't really talk much about this person called Herod, but in 40 BC, the Roman Senate voted and in fact named Herod as the king of the Jews. We hear that phrase, king of the Jews, and we know that it sounds familiar to us. We know that the Magi said, where is the one born king of the Jews? We also can fast forward to Good Friday and realize that on the sign that they hung on the cross above Jesus' head was the phrase, king of the Jews. So here we have this phrase used. And it's used initially regarding Herod. Herod was what we are told is called a client king. In other words, the fact that Herod was in a position of rulership was something that was, it was approved by Rome. You see, Herod was not himself Jewish. He was not Hebrew. He was not from that area either. Herod was someone that, that we could say was, was like the head of state, but in his time, he was the, literally, he was the state. In his lifetime, in his, during, while he reigned, he killed an uncle, he murdered his wife, and had three of his sons murdered as well due to paranoia because he was concerned about losing his position. When we think about someone like Herod, we, we see his name mentioned just a couple of different times, but you try to get a scope in history when you do a little bit of reading, a little bit of research, and I wondered just how significant this man Herod really was. And the material that I came across said that, that Herod would have been the second wealthiest man in the world, second only to the Caesar of Rome. Think about that. And we think of, of Bethlehem in this sleepy little town. We think of it being so far away from, from Rome and all that is political. And we think about this guy named Herod that is, that is ruler. He's the king over the Jews at this, this time. And we necessarily don't think of the fact that Herod was as big of a deal as he was. I find it interesting that Jerusalem is a mere five and a half miles from the city of Bethlehem. Herod, during his reign, he built three, he built three cities or built up those cities and made those cities extremely special. One of them was a port city. 
And two others were a place where he, he built palaces and they were extremely elaborate. And he would find a, a very significant hill and he would build the city on top of the hill so that if there was any um, invasion into Judah, he would be able to take refuge in those cities and they were built to handle like a thousand soldiers and be able to feed everybody that was needed for a lengthy period of time so that he could wait out a siege. And so one of these cities was only three miles from Bethlehem. So whether Herod was always in Jerusalem, whether he was in, in one, of his, um, one of his palace cities, Herodium, he was, he was literally just, just a very couple few miles away from the city of Bethlehem. He was only a short distance from it, but he was a far cry ultimately from it. These magi, the Bible call them, they're, they're the equivalent of international scholars. They arrive in Jerusalem with news. They're asking, where is the king of the Jews and what would Herod be thinking? You're talking to him. Because in 40 BC, the, the Roman Senate declared me to be the king of the Jews. And the Magi said, no, 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 you don't understand. We've seen a, an astral, uh, I want to make sure I say this right, an astronomical event in the sky. There's a star that has appeared that we realize is declaring the birth of someone who will be the king of of the Jews. Now, every king has to realize that eventually his reign will be over, whether through defeat or through death, that he will not reign permanently. But that didn't make Herod very happy. After all, he was extremely paranoid. And Herod does what any king would do. He calls together his advisors. He calls together those in, the, in, in his government that will know these things and says, guys, we've got a problem. We've got a problem. Not, not, not that he had a problem. He said, we've got a problem because if I've got a problem, we've all got a problem. He said, we've got a problem. He said, they're telling me that there's a star they're telling me that there's a king of the Jews that has been born. And these advisors confirm what the magi, what the wise men, what these, these international scholars are telling the king. They confirm it and, they, and the king says, where is this person supposed to be born? Notice it doesn't say they had to go check their scrolls. They just said in Bethlehem. They knew it. This was something that was common knowledge to them. In fact, they were able to quote the scripture to him. And that scripture that they quoted to him was not something that was written recently and in a, in a publication. It was something that was written several hundred years earlier. And they quote it from Micah chapter 5 and verse 2 when it says, But you Bethlehem Ephrathah, 
Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old and from ancient times. The Messiah, according to the book of Daniel, a prophetic book that they also would have been extremely aware of, says that the Messiah will have an eternal throne. I'm sure that these things were discussed maybe in hushed tones out of fear for Herod. We know and they would also know from the book of Isaiah chapter 35 that the Messiah would have a miraculous ministry. In fact, he would do what none others have done. He would heal the blind. They would also know from Isaiah 61 that he would set the captives free. From the book of Zechariah, they would know that Jerusalem will rejoice at the Messiah. I'm sure that someone secretly would have shared these things with the king. King, this is what the Bible says. This is what the Old Testament says about the Messiah. And so Herod would have been extremely concerned. Herod would have been worried. I imagine that, that his fear and his anxiety would have really uh, ramped up at that time. You see, Herod knew about as much as you can know. He was only three miles, maybe five miles away from Bethlehem when Jesus was born. He had all of the, all of the scholars telling him what the Bible ultimately said and yet he totally missed Christmas. So despite all the lights that are already up, all of the, the TV shows and movies that we will watch between now and then, Christmas, all the music that we hear, all the services that will be available to us, how many will miss out on what Christmas really is. You see, there are people today that do not know, in this country, they do not know that Christmas is about the Messiah. They don't realize that Christmas is about Jesus. In Romans chapter 10, verse 14, the apostle Paul says this, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in, and how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? It seems impossible to think that someone has not heard of Jesus. But it's true. Even in America, there are those that have not heard of Jesus. And because of that, they'll miss it. But even some of us that have heard of Jesus, it's still possible to miss out on the true meaning of Christmas. Back in Palestine in the first century, Herod missed it, but there were some that didn't miss it. But they were a little different than Herod. They were not the rich. They were not the powerful. They were not even the intelligent. There's someone in the story that, that we've come to love, the shepherds. The shepherds found Christmas. 
We read about it in Luke chapter 2, starting at verse number 8. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Can you imagine how afraid the shepherds must have been? Not only had they never seen an angel before, but they were, they were uneducated people. They were simple people. They were living in abject poverty. Think about what their life had been like. Even the fact that they were, they were Hebrew people, they were Jewish, they were in a, 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 their job made them ceremonially unclean. They could not just go into the temple and worship without going through a process of becoming ceremonially clean. This was not a, a privileged position in society. They probably lived much of their life outside in the fields. And I can only imagine the odor that came off of them smelling like outside. You ever notice that? You're outside, you're having a good time, you come in and, and you stand by somebody and they go, Woo! Man, you smell like outside. You ever notice that? How about if outside is wet sheep? Mm, that's got to feel good. And yet look how they responded. Luke chapter 2 verse 15, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. Down in verse 20, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. These guys didn't get all the background information. They, we don't know that they even knew any of the prophecies about the Messiah. So why did they not miss Christmas? I think if Herod lived today, Herod would be very impressed with the American Christmas. We spend $275 billion a year on Christmas. Maybe this is why so many miss Christmas. So how can we keep from missing Christmas? Let me give you three quick things. Number one, we can set aside time to find Christmas. We're talking about shepherds. One of the most famous shepherds in all of Scripture is a man named David. And as I was preparing, I was thinking to myself about David's life as a shepherd. And he doesn't really come on our radar until he stands and fights against the giant named Goliath. You ever wondered about that experience? Was that just a miracle or had David lived a life as a shepherd bored out of his mind? And so every day he did things to keep himself busy. And so he took that sling and some stones and he practiced every day. 
I imagine him setting up rocks on top of other rocks to aim at, as any kid would do. And he got better and better and better. What if David had lived in a very hectic, busy atmosphere? Would he have been able to step into that moment and kill Goliath? Would he have offered to fight Goliath? You see, a hectic, busy life can distract us from our destiny. Busyness can keep us from killing our giants. We need to schedule time. We need to block it off on our calendars. Plan quiet time to be able to meditate as we approach the birth of Jesus. And that's not the same as family time or watching a movie together as a family. In fact, in order to do this, it is so busy coming up that you may have to actually decline some invitations to do things in order to slow down, in order to spend some time focused on Christmas. Number two, we need to search for Christmas. You ever notice that we just never have enough time? You ever notice that? I, I, man, I, I get the privilege of, of uh, knowing some of your schedules and you guys are busy. You guys are incredibly busy. And sometimes we're so busy that we can't remember the last time that we enjoyed silence. It's a sure thing you can't find it shopping You can't even find it while you're in the kitchen making Christmas cookies. But we need to find some opportunities for stillness. Jesus did that regularly. Mark chapter 1 and verse 35, it says, Very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And I know what you're thinking. Jesus didn't have a two-year-old. We need to find more time to find Christmas. We need to spend time reading the gospel accounts of Jesus' birth. We need to spend time journaling on what Christmas really means to us. Psalm 46 and verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. You see, culture can steal our Christmas. And it's time for us to find the real Christmas. Thirdly, we need to bring our faith to the manger. Herod acted like he wanted to find Christmas. In verse 8 of our text from Matthew 2, he said to them, meaning the Magi, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship. You see, Herod saw Jesus as a threat to his world because Herod was named king of the Jews and he was willing to eliminate the competition. In fact, later on in chapter 2 of Matthew, we read that Herod realized that these magi were not coming back to tell him about the Messiah. And so he did a little bit of calculation and it says in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 16 that he was furious And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity 
who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Herod missed Christmas because he did not have faith, obviously, in God. Faith is trusting Jesus' work on the cross, not our own version of how we think things work. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, Paul says this, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Friends, our faith cannot grow without the word of God. And so as we look for Christmas, we need to bring our faith to the manger, to God's word, and we need to make sure that we are submersing ourselves in God's word. Herod's palace was only three miles from Jerusalem. He had all the information that he needed, but yet he missed Christmas. Back in the 1950s, a man named Theo stood in front of his mirror in the bathroom on the 26th of December. His wife was ill. He was disillusioned with the commercialization of Christmas. And he felt that he had missed it. And so he set out to write a story about it. You and I know that story as the Grinch. But this year, and I realize the turkey hasn't even settled, okay? I just finished off the last leftovers that, that, that the turkey that we were able to bring home with us from Thanksgiving. I finished the last of it last night. I had it for lunch yesterday as well. I'm not going to let that go bad. We haven't even finished that and now we're turning the corner and we're, we're headed toward Christmas. But as we do, let's be sure not to miss Christmas. Let's be sure to search for it. Let's be sure to spend time and it's precious, but, but some time meditating, some time just being alone to make sure that we understand. Maybe you can journal about it. Maybe you can read. You know, the, the Gospels, three of the four Gospels have, have that Christmas story that we can read. Maybe there's a devotional that you can find. But let's focus on Christmas. Let's not miss it. Let's be sure to find it. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you I thank you for your word. I thank you that we can look at someone's life, we can look at someone like Herod and realize that with everything that he had, all the information, all the wealth, all the opulence, everything he had, he missed out on Christmas. And yet the shepherds who had nothing but a supernatural appearance of angels, they found it. Father, I pray this year, more than any other year, God, may we find the true meaning of Christmas. 
may we find what it means that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Father, I'm so thankful that you have sent word to us of the birth of your son. You've told us that the king of the Jews is being born. You've told us that the Messiah has come into the world. We thank you for your word. And Father, this morning, if there is someone here that feels like they've never discovered the true meaning of Christmas, I pray, Lord, even right now, that they will simply say, God, I realize that I haven't understood that true meaning and I, I want to know your son. Father, I'm so thankful that that's available to every person. I'm so thankful that your word says that Jesus stands at the door of our heart and he knocks. And today someone may feel that knocking on their heart and I pray God as they do that they'll simply say, God, I want to invite Jesus into my life. I want to say yes to that knocking today. May I discover the real meaning of Christmas is Jesus and the love that God has for us. Father, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time in your life, I would love to talk with you, to pray with you. There's a card in the seat pocket in front of you that says decide. If that's you, feel free to take that card, fill it out, drop it in one of our connect boxes or in one of the offering baskets that are here. I'd love to follow up with you. I have a gift that I'd love to put in your hands to help you on your journey of faith. It's great to be with you today. Thank you. There was actually white stuff in the air probably when you came today, but yet you said, I'm going to church today. Amen?